So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Dwarf Podcast! Well, hi everyone. Welcome to episode one of So What Is It? A Red Dwarf Podcast. We thought we'd get together, watch through all of Red Dwarf in order and just talk about it and comment on it and see how much we enjoyed it this time through. Uh, There's a group of us here. I'm Matthew and to my left we have Matt and to the left of him, him we have Matty and to the left of him on a screen we have Dan. Dan. We're all differently acquainted with Red Dwarf, I'd say. Very yes. much um, so. I, I'm a long-term, watched it when it was on, watched it several times since the 80s type of guy. I think, Dan, you're similar, aren't you, really? Yeah, I didn't get into it when it first started. It sort of passed me by, but once I did get into it, probably about season three, I was hooked and I've watched it since. I think that's probably something very quite similar for me. I, I remember it being discussed at school, and um, I don't re- remember ever seeing the first couple of series either. And I think I started watching it when it suddenly became popular. That's so, really, so it sounds seen, really shallow. Yeah, but so you, well, that's fine, but that's nothing wrong with watching something popular. But you've watched it all, but have you rewatched it much? No, I have. I don't think I've ever rewatched any of it. And I don't think I've seen it all either. Right. I think there are gaps. Maybe I, on holiday or at university or whatever. I think there were, there were, there were times that I didn't watch it. I don't think I watched the very end either. Okay, well, at the bottom of the pile, we have Matilyn, so and you're, I'm, you're I'm, a noob, aren't you? I'm too young to have been around when it first started. Because it's, it's not been available on DVD or Netflix for the last no, 15 no. years. I, in so any way, I, shape or form. I am just starting to watch it now. I am watching it episode by episode. I'm a complete and utter noob, and as we talk about the episode, <coughs> it's the first time I'm watching them. Excellent, so that'll give us um, some different perspectives. Also, I've asked my wife to watch it along with me. All the years she's been with me, she's always said she's hated it and never wanted to watch it. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to get her to watch it a bit at a time and get a few comments from her to see if I could change her mind or not. I mean, she might drop out after a few episodes. But I mean, I think it's fair to say, uh, those of us that know it, uh, the first series is not the strongest, maybe. What do you think? I'd agree. I think watching it back, and I have rewatched, but I haven't watched the first series for for a very long time. I like it now, but I probably like it partly because I know what's coming. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. What about you? Um, I Matt? didn't. I, I don't think I expected a great deal from the from the very first episode, and um, but watched it last week and was actually quite pleasantly surprised. There were some bits on it that were, were actually really funny and you know really silly funny. Mm. When it actually when the when the accident I'm doing fingers inverted commas, which is great for the medium of of audio, uh, when the accident actually happened, and then he just steps out of the I, the cryogenic chamber and it was like oh that was it I'd never seen that episode and had heard obviously a lot about that point but had never actually seen it and I was a little bit underwhelmed yeah I was just definitely to say it was made on a budget oh well you can tell I mean the, the BBC are notorious for their sort of budgetary constraints especially with new and, and new series but I think in general, on the whole, and certainly, um, it was it was very well done. 
Yeah, I mean, this was this was like BBC Two, nineteen eighty-seven, I think. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, so, what about you, Matty? Obviously, you're Mister Marvel, Mister Star Wars. Love a nice effect, don't you? What do you think of this nice Doctor cheap... Who as well? Well, yeah, this nice cheap. Um, I I was got... I found it very funny. I thought it was very funny, and also one thing I found was the amount of names that I saw in it, the amount of actors I recognised. Obviously, a lot younger there. Yeah. yeah. But I kept thinking, oh, they're in it. They're in it. Oh, and they're in it. So that was quite interesting to watch. That. Oh yeah, because there's um, what's his face, um, Mark Dilly Duda from Harry Potter. And yeah, Flash. yeah, Mark Williams, <laughs> Nigel from EastEnders. <laughs> yes, yes, in the, the funeral. Your yeah. your favorite pop singer, Matt? Claire Grogan from Alton Images. I was like, blimey, that's Claire Grogan. Um, but yeah, and also I found the the effects absolutely hilarious. But I actually love that part of it. But yeah, I love the sense of humor it was going for. Um, we'll probably go into it later on, but there were particular parts that, as a complete newbie. I was, I was, I was howling. Well, I've got, I've got a few little notes here. Should we, should we start having a look at, look at them and sort of just go for it? Guide our discussion, right? So, I mean, I thought we'd start with the opening sequence and theme music. Let's go to you, Matty, first. As it had its strike you. I quite liked it. It felt very much like a Mickey take of Doctor Who and Star Wars. Yes, very def- much definitely. Stuff. The, uh... And I loved. If we're talking about the the actual intro itself, obviously seeing the very obvious painted on red dwarf at the side of the ship, but was. What I found hilarious was just the back end of the ship, obviously, where the thrusters or anything would be, was just very obviously just a white bulb. Yeah. It was just a bulb. And oh, I, I loved that. I the models. I think the, the, the red was, model was fantastic. I thought, that was, I thought it was actually really well done. Yeah, it's beautiful. Especially when it, it, it kind of pans out and you think, you can't see the, if, there is, if, the, if they've used a matte painting or a um, or chroma key or whatever, you can't see any join. The models are exceptionally um, exceptionally well detailed. I'm, mm. a, I'm a big fan of that type of work. And I'm, you know, CGI, although it's obviously got very good. Models are best. I still, I mm. still prefer 100%. models. Where are you on that, Dan? I, I agree. I mean, it's almost like that model is where the budget went almost really because i mean the, the the backdrops the the sets that they've got probably made out of a very similar cardboard to a lot of um doctor who's of a similar vintage but whereas doctor who tried very very hard to make it look like a another world this this didn't really pretend not to be a cardboard spaceship but yet was totally mm. the set was totally the scene it was very clean lines but no you know, I, I mean, I loved, you know, the, the 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 signage, storage locker, teaching room, and it was all just <laughs> labels. I, I yeah. just, it was almost like a dymo. And they can get away because it's a comedy. They can can get away with that a little bit, I think. But mm. I mean, it's, I think the famous story is people looked at it and thought, "This is just so grey. It's just so dull." And us, us folks that have watched further ahead know how this changes later on. I bet yeah. you though, some of that scenery was used in stuff like Doctor Who because the BBC are notorious for recycling. Yeah, the staircase on on Absolutely Fabulous was the staircase on Miranda. Exactly, the, it, it was. <laughs> that's, that's fact. Yeah, but, but but the the opening sequence itself is brilliant. The the music again. I don't want to throw too many spoilers Matt, Matty's way if he hasn't seen it all, but. The music changes a bit later on at the mm. opening. It's quite ominous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. I think it's lovely. I think it's really nice, but it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't say comedy, but no, no, not but, at all. Um, yeah, that o- that opening bit of sort of brass sort of is 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 a little bit. It, it's a little bit two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. And then you go into the song. Obviously, the song plays a lot over the. It plays over the end credits, doesn't it? But to, it's it's set in space and it's this great big, and yet it's clearly very silly. Because lyrics to the song are clearly very silly, um, so yeah, I thought it's a nice balance, really did. Yeah, and and that does change later, and plays up the silliness a bit. And the more. fact of painting <clears throat> in space is that really possible? 
<laughs> is that really possible? Can you? Well, I think we'll, as we go forward, I think we'll find a lot of things that they do that are not <laughs> yeah. that possible. Indeed. I mean, one of the things that we're gonna we'll get into in other episodes is one reason I love the first series is is the sci-fi ideas in them are actually really good. The stories are really good. Yeah. Um, even if the comedy doesn't always quite work. Yeah, talking about the comedy not working, we get this opening scene. It's, it establishes the characters, doesn't it? But not quite. They're not quite there yet. They're not as funny mm. as they should be in the opening scene. I don't think. I thought it felt uh, for me as a complete noob. I thought that the the the, the two characters in the beginning um, it felt almost kind of forced. Yeah, it felt very forced in the way that you two are supposed to not get on. Yeah, that's how it felt. Obviously, no discredit to them anyway, but that's just how it felt from my point. As a complete noob, it felt very forced in the beginning, but then more and more goes on. What was really strange watching that is, obviously, I've never seen the first series, but I have seen a lot of the other series, and actually their performances, I thought, wow, I remember them being a lot better than this. Maybe, obviously, this is the first episode, and they were novice. I don't know how much either of them had done. Well, Craig Charles wasn't an actor. He was very, very green. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his performance, uh, for me, is is that sort of like he's trying a bit hard. It's not yeah. natural. Yeah. He improves immensely. Oh yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That's my point. I just thought I, you know, I know that I've seen them be a lot better than that. So obviously, it was just new and fresh. I, I mean, I think Chris Barry was there. I think he he put in a good performance, but maybe some of the performances around were a bit weak, and they were just finding their feet. Yeah, mm. maybe. But we get that first Melado. In there, I mean, obviously these guys get catchphrases, don't they? And we get our first Milado quite quickly. Lister, one more sound, anything, and you're on report, Milado. Dan, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, I I, I smiled uh, smiled at Milado, um, and again because I know that that's that's one of his things. But it, I mean, I thought Chris Barry was really good as Rimmer, uh, and 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 he's all the way through. But you got him from the you got him. From the get-go, I think you get him from first scene in, in in episode one, and he stays good. He stays doing that very very well. You know, his the script is great. Actually, I think it's got some really really good bits and some absolute laugh out loud lines. Even yeah. having seen it, however many times I've seen it, but it's the more you see it, the more you get those uh, you you see those things again. So essential routine maintenance. It's just a throwaway bit, but it's just how incredibly pedantic Rimmer is, oh, and yeah. it's you know. There's yeah, lots of character like work straight away, yeah. The drinks machine bit with, the, with the, the straw. This is, what was it, a 14B? This isn't a 14B. Does it look like a 14B? Yeah. <laughs> but it, that, that, I really laughed at that. I like that bit. But, I mean, I, I, one of my big takeaways from this episode, and I think it continues in the first series, is there are a lot of good lines in there that are actually thrown away. Mm. Um, I mean, mm. even in that first scene, the, the, the chicken soup nozzle joke, I, <laughs> I've written down here, chicken soup nozzle joke is funnier <laughs> than it comes across. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Bored? This is essential routine maintenance. It's absolutely vital for the well-being of this crew, this mission, and this ship. Dispenser 172, chicken soup nozzle clogged. Yeah, it's, you know, like you say, the essential routine ma- maintenance, and then they switch to the chicken stuff, and, and for some reason it doesn't quite land properly, but it's actually really, really funny. And there's a couple of those later on, I don't know if you guys noticed. I mean, even later on in the episode when it gets to the... Um, uh, the fact that the the accident happened because the drive repl- plate wasn't repaired properly. The drive plate was inefficiently repaired. It blew, and the entire crew was subjected to a lethal dose of cadmium two before I could seal the area. And it was Rimmer that, yeah. that did it, obviously. Mm. And there's a sort of a, a gap between 
the time they mention that and, and it almost feels it gets lost somewhere but when you know it and you've watched it a half dozen times or whatever you you get that that's happened and you it's there but i'm not sure if it just gets let down a little bit really what was rimmer doing in the drive room he was explaining to the captain why he hadn't sealed the drive plate properly <laughs> so wait, but um did you guys any did you notice any funny lines you think weren't appreciated or um, intentionally not appreciated he, well yes only because of what i know now it was the when when um, Lester first calls him a smeghead. I try and respect Rimmer and everything, but it's not easy because he's such a smeghead. That took me right back to being on the playground as a fourteen-year-old, and I, I I chuckled at that because then that suddenly became the uh, insult of the day. Suddenly, everyone, oh, you're a smeghead, you are. And I bet I bet Dan is doing the same as me and restraining saying. Right, the way Crichton says "smeghead" in a, in a later series, we won't spoil it. <laughs> you know, it's such it's, great groundwork. <laughs> I think my favourite, absolutely. I think, and that's the nice thing about rewatching something that was, you know, for for me certainly, obviously, um, for you too, man. So much part of my childhood. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, for me, getting into Red Dwarf, you know, relatively late as I did in season three, it was the, for me, it was the first thing that was mine. You know, it was the, one of the first one of the first things that I discovered that wasn't I wasn't introduced to it by other members of my family, for example. You know, when you sit around watching telly of a Sunday evening, you know, you're watching whatever the parents had put on. So you know, it's probably Lovejoy. But this was something that was on during the week. You know, it was of an era of Bergerac and Mary Whitehouse experience that was that felt like it was mine, and and, and I did like that. But just to go back to your thing about lines that jumped out that maybe weren't um, de- deserved more. There's the bit uh, where um, you know, Rimmer's before his exam and he's writing all over himself and everything else. And uh, a list goes, are you ready? And he goes, yep, couple of blank spots, pats his backside and walks out. And I, just, <laughs> I don't know, hilarious. That was, yeah. Um, no. And, and it, there didn't, no pause for canned laughter, nothing, just off he went. I love that line. Uh, that was, yeah, that was the one that stuck out for me. Yeah, no, that's a great one. That's a really good one. I mean, but the exam, I think, the seat is an example of a scene which didn't no, work. It yeah, should have yeah, worked. Yeah, it didn't work. I mean, I don't know if you guys have read. There's a there's a novel, Matty, as well. I don't know if you've read the, the yeah. books. I mean, I've read the books. Not very Dan's likely, no. read the books, I'm sure. But but um, that, that works much better. Yeah, it was just it was very throwaway. Yeah, it really felt like it was it was just very sort of tacked on because then it almost because then it. It finished not long after the after that, didn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think that's probably a, a sort of victim of quit. We got to get this filmed. I, I didn't even know that bit was a joke. What was the stuff in the exam room? Yeah, because the first time the exam, he, what, did, what was it that he wrote down? He, he, I am a fish. I, that's it. And then he didn't do that. He wrote something else. You know, you know that's why we chose it as the title of our podcast. Um. <laughs> 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 my my favourite bit from the exam is as he's rolling up his sleeves and all the inks running and he's pulling his face and there's just that bit where he goes stuff it and just and puts his hand, slaps his yeah. hand down on the thing and leaves a handprint and signs that and yeah. then then you Does get the first of the, yeah. the Rimmer salute exactly yeah. Yeah. so again salute. it was at the time he didn't know it was a marker for for things to come but uh, yes that was a that's like an old friend no it's it's great going back and seeing like you said old friends but yeah as a scene. It felt like, it, yeah, it just felt a bit dead, didn't it? I think, and uh, well, for me, it did. Rushed, yeah. And actually, I mean, as I said, I've got Becky to watch it, and that was the bit she 
pulled out and said, oh, I didn't really get what was going on in that, in that scene. What's she saying? Um, didn't like the exam room was basically what she said. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> short and sweet. Yeah. I, at at that point, I think he just needed to fail the exam and they needed to move on to the next bit. That was just underlining the fact that Rim is hopeless, crumbles under pressure. Uh, we need to move on to the bit now that, that, that takes the story forward and we go from where they are to three million years in the future. I mean, there is a lot, there's a lot of heavy lifting being done with introducing these characters and they do, they do a pretty good job. I mean, with Rimmer, uh, Rimmer being the idiot and, and the sort of a bureaucrat, mm-hmm. little Hitler that he is, so but yet being a failure, so he is there. I mean, he mentions his parents in this thing, and that's a big thing throughout the whole series. You know, we get a um, list of being a slob and not caring. So there's loads of work being done. Because actually, uh, um, how many episodes do you watch now, Matty? Four. Four. So he's got a little bit of a head of our podcast, mm-hmm. but that's all right. But obviously... Holly comes into it a lot more, and the cat comes into it a lot more. But in mm. the first episode, we don't really see. No, there's not that much there. That much of them, do we? Really? No. So, anyways, but we've hit a first Melado, we've hit a first Smeghead, we've hit a first Rimmer Salute. You know, it's all good stuff. My favourite line that I picked out, uh, similar scene actually, Dan, before it was, um, was it, uh, you know, they're just an aid memoir, really, to marshal the facts already at my command. <laughs> it's just a great, I think it's a great line. <laughs> Is An it? excellent piece of justification for perfect for cheating, textbook yeah. <laughs> Rimmer cheating. Yeah, he doesn't. But this is the thing: he doesn't see it as cheating. He sees it as getting back on level terms from this horrible hand that the universe has dealt yeah, him. Where and this is be. just him leveling the playing field. He he genuinely believes that. It's merely an aid to memory. Helps me marshal the facts already in my command. Obviously, the other concept that they need to introduce, there's so many, so many concepts they need to introduce. It's not just the fact that he's Rimmer, the fact that he's got to die and become a hologram. And obviously, this, this the episode spends a bit of time yeah. introducing an, another character who's As died so they can introduce the hologram. Really, Back in so. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so they've got all this stuff to get in, really. And you said you, you like that. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. And I remember seeing the Welsh guy with a big H on his forehead. And I was like, oh, right. That's where that comes from. So obviously then Rumour's going to be one of those. See, in the beginning, for me, it really confused me because I didn't know. Because obviously there's that the, the, the Welsh guy and he had the, the funeral and things. He speaks his own funeral. In the beginning, I couldn't work out if he was kind of his own independent personality in that way. Or if he was just reading a pre-recorded hologram message thing. Ah, right. That confused me in the beginning because I was thinking... Wait, now Rimmer's come back and he's talking to him. Because you really came to the whole thing quite not knowing. Yeah, having no clue, never seen a thing. So I was watching thinking, wait, so is he just reading a pre-recorded message? But now Rimmer's coming in and he's talking to him. and he's So is he a personality onto himself now? That confused me for quite a while to get my head around that. I think as well, because I said I'd never seen it, it was almost like it was kind of timeless. There was no clue to me as to when this would have been made until... Lister then does his arm through um, Rimmer, and there's that nice blue line all the way around his hand. <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah, very 80s, not so special effect. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about special effects per se, although it's obviously a sci fi program. But there was, when Rimmer first reappeared as the hologram, that could have been more special somehow, mm-hmm. I think. It felt a bit. Oh, yeah. he, just, he just walked around the corner. I, it felt it demanded something else. But you know, if you, if you watch the makings of the stuff, it's obviously hard to do those effects. When was Rimmer reanimated then, 
almost as soon as it happened. I always assumed it was when he woke, when Dave woke up. Okay. Okay. Because I, I think that's explained later on. Because I think in the next episode, certainly in the next couple of episodes, it will be explained. Hang on a minute. You could have reanimated anybody. Why on earth have I got Rima? Well, there's the, there's the why and the when, and, isn't there? Yeah. But I, I mean, I just always took it as well. I've done it now because now I've brought you out of suspended animation. Now's the time to give you a companion. That's yeah. That's the that's true. But because I thought I this bothered me actually. I <laughs> I, I thought if Rimmer had been sort of animated, reanimated straight away, and he even though he's a hologram, he just basically is is almost like a conscious a conscious sentient being to be alone like that. Ad infinitum for three million years. Yeah, I don't. You'd have slightly <laughs> gone. Off, you'd have slightly gone off your rocker a bit, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was. I, what do you reckon? That bothered me really. No, he me. wasn't. You think he maybe? <laughs> yeah, no, was. I was thinking. I generally, for thinking, was thinking in the beginning. Wait, has he just been hanging around waiting for him for three million years? Yes. Then? And if that was the case, why hasn't he gone absolutely do laddy at this point? No. Was and that not what I just said? Because yeah. no, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think. But then I was thinking when he had that thing, I was saying because he said to him that he was going to go back in. Um, for another three million years, didn't he? When he, and he first said, came. what about me? And he was going, yeah, what about me? But he said, I don't want to wait for another three million years. As in a way to say, he's already been around for three million years. It was the fact that he said, another three million years. Mm. Quirk. And, and if know. that is the case, how is the ship not not degraded at all? How is that not degraded? Now we're getting right, deep. Now we're getting deep. <laughs> now, obviously, these questions are important, but it is a sitcom. <laughs> It's a sitcom, <laughs> half-hour sitcom that uh, we have to not worry too much about these things. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so as we were just saying, for, I don't know if there's any another way to do it, but you know, Kachansky is important to Lister. She doesn't get much to do, does she? I'm trying to think who that one is. Um, well, exactly. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Um, may, maybe... She basically she has one scene, doesn't she? Basically, she's Pretty in much. one scene when uh, Lister's brought up to see the captain because he wants to um, haul him over the coals about the cat, and he has the bit of a chat to Kachansky, oh. and then later on he just underlines, you know, she was part of my plan, she was coming with me to Fiji. I planned so- it. Fiji, yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's obsessed with Kachansky. Now, now I'm going to be interested now to watch the next few episodes to see if she's mentioned much. She definitely. Obviously, gets mentioned and comes back. See that I remember the name. The I remember. So I think she, uh, she, she's obviously, I don't know, either in it later or she's mentioned frequently because I rem- remember the name really clearly. But I didn't. I never knew that it was Claire Grogan. I'd like to have seen more of her personally. I'm sure you would. <laughs> I'm sure you would, man. Is she? Does she reappear? Well, if you can't remember, let's not say. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, as, as he's an important figure in in Lister's life. Yeah. And if we're talking about scenes when he came back and everything like that, then probably my favourite scene and my funniest bit, I thought, in the entire episode by Miles was Everyone's Dead, Dave. Yeah. They're dead, Dave. They're they're all dead, Dave. Everybody's dead, Dave. And that went... uh, Every time that happened, I, I was laughing a bit, and the more it went on, I was starting to get into hysterics. He's dead, Dave. Everybody is dead. Everybody is dead, Dave. Yeah. I mean, he was like, what about know. this one? This one, this one. They're all dead, Dave. I should have never let him out in the first place. <laughs> I think that's one of the lasting 
yeah. iconic lines from this early series. Really. Absolutely, and as, as well, and as thinking about it from a sort of semi-psychological kind of point of view, that's my sort of ultimate kind of fear, is everyone is dead and you're the only person that's left. So watching that, even though it's funny, always, you know, is a little has a little bit of fear for me, but it was just the... Yeah, everyone's dead, Dave. You are. Even blah, blah, blah. Yeah, everyone's dead, Dave. Mm-hmm. What? Even so-and-so. If, yeah, everyone's <laughs> the, Dave, Dave. What? Dead. Even the, the captain. If everyone's dead, Dave. It was just like... Then it, then to that point, it just... It, was, it wasn't scary anymore. It was, it was actually really quite funny. It's, it's, yeah. Holly, it's Holly's first great moment, really, isn't it? Yeah. I think. You know, and uh, Holly does improve a lot. Do you know, I really liked him. I really yeah. liked his character because I love a dry sense of humour. And that always was. Well, especially in the episode. I don't know how it changes, but it was just a very dry sense of yeah. humour. It was very time. dry. And that's what I found so funny. It's a, it's a very quotable show and Holly is very, very quotable. And it's, it is hard sitting here not saying stuff that he says in the future. Well, well, don't spoil it. So oh, so zip. <laughs> yeah. But Holly is very, very dry. He's very uh, straight, and yet he tells one of my favourite jokes in the whole episode when uh, Lister's, uh, oh my God, that's Kachansky yeah, yeah, in the yeah, pilot. Yeah. Dusty goes, well, she won't be any use to you on Fiji unless it snows and you need something to grip the path. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even, yes. even Lister, even Lister goes, oh, what? <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, I've gone a little bit mad with no one to talk to for three million years. <laughs> so, yes, he's dry, he's the computer, everyone's dead, Dave. But he's also got a wicked sense of humour, turns out. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I had that one noted down myself, and that's that's one of the two jokes Becky pulled out, and I grilled her afterwards. So you must have found something funny. She liked that. <laughs> <laughs> the other one she liked while we're on the subject. I hope you didn't say it in that voice. No, I didn't. Uh, her other favourite joke was um, the one about, I'm going to keep a chicken and a cow and breed horses. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> on Fiji, yes. Yeah. And then when the Just cow, when the cat sort of tries to... to do the sort of explanation for that and it gets it all completely wrong. Cloister the stupid. The stupid! I think that's Dave's mm. best line, isn't yeah. it? Cloister the stupid! But he starts by saying stupid as in, yes, you're right, and then yeah, he realises the word that he's saying and that's, that's you know... I mean, yeah. it's a classic thing to do in comedy, but he, it, that's his best moment, I think, for me. It sounds really good. The Holy Mother, saved by Cloister the stupid, who was frozen in time and who gave us of his life that we might live. No, no, it's not Cloister. It's me, it's Lister. It's Lister the Stupid. <laughs> but I mean, we've moved on to the cat finally, and that's what I felt like about the episode. I mean, the cat's such an important part. Yeah. Obviously going forward, and then you go back and, well, what, you know, don't get him to the last five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Matthew, what did you think of the cat? Honestly, I didn't get it. <laughs> I did not understand the cat. Oh, I understood the idea of the cat was it's been so many years and he has essentially come from a line of cats. But there were so many questions I had. It felt very just like it, it felt more. If it's, it's such a big character, which I understand it is, felt very, from my point of view, just kind of chucked in last minute. I don't, I don't think it was chucked in last minute in no, I don't the sense of the idea. No. We only got to see him. But like I said, the fact that you're coming in the last five minutes. But there's a lot of, con- as we're saying, there are a lot of concepts to the hologram, the, the, the stasis, the setting up the the uh, the scenario, the, mm-hmm. the, the two main characters anyway, Holly, the computer, and then we get the cat as well, evolving. You know, it's, it's mm. a, it is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, really, talking about the first series, the cat is a secondary character. Think mm. in the first series, and he develops 
in in certain ways later. But I I like I love the I mean I don't think I used to think he was that great when I was younger. Going back and watching it a few times, I love the cat from the first series now because he is just a bit random and turns up and does daft yeah. things. Yeah, like you know, and, and but I still say things the cat does in you know too slow chicken morango is one he mm. says somewhere on the line. I I use that in real life still. At it's the, just such a one. weird concept. It's basically James Brown as a cat. <laughs> How am I looking? Yes. I had kind of forgotten about the cat, but he was a bit more he was a little bit more sinister than I remember. He's his own thing. He he doesn't care about the, the rest of the crew, really. No. I think we'll see that as we go on. He's not bothered about them, they're just inconvenienced in his little life. Then I'd have actually been quite hey, frightened. He is very cat like. He comes and goes when he likes. He doesn't actually like you, but he'll take the food. Um and yeah, I agree with you. He's um, he's a very peripheral character early on. Uh, he drifts in and out. He's a foil. He sets up, does some jokes, and then he scurries off. And, and later on, we perhaps see where he scurried off too. But he, yeah, it, my favourite line of his is "Better make myself look big." I loved it. And again, yeah. that was he is a human cat, cat human, humanoid oh, yeah. cat. I mean, it, I, I, I love that. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> I was waiting for that in this episode because I remembered it, and obviously it's in the subsequent episode. You know, uh, oh, did you, and, and going up to the machine. No, I was going to. I was going to say I don't remember that. See, I'm already blurring what uh, I think you're I know, all, you know. you're already going too far. I am. Well, he, he does the. What's this? It looks good. It's my shadow. Even my shadow looks yeah, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think all his lines are, are really funny. Is there any particular reason why he's American? Is there, is there a reason in the story later on that why I, that's it's, explained? It's basically the guy doing an impression of James Brown. Yeah, oh, okay, so. that's the sole reason. That's not like yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just, okay. It just makes him he just more classy, you, I suppose. You know, yeah, my shadow, my shadow looks good with James Brown going, I want to kiss myself, you know. And, you know okay. Ow! Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. It, uh, Danny John Jules has said, hasn't he, those, uh, yes, tons of James Brown in there. There's a bit of Little Richard in there. But I yeah. think if you're thinking of him as a... He considers himself to be a cool cat... And you can't say that in an English accent. I've just proved it. Yeah, you have absolutely. To be, you have to be a bit of a showman, yeah. uh, which I'm observably not. Apparently, they refilmed his opening scene because it was too low key. So they did. They did um, try and put more into it. Believe right. it. Right. Yeah. But but I I think it's very funny. I, I do like the cat here. Definitely. He does make an entrance. You're right. It is later on, and I think they've established. It helps underline his other his otherness if you like you've got these two guys on a spaceship with a slightly mad robot or um, computer drifting through space and they're just getting the head around this and then wow in comes the cat i think yeah, that yeah. helps introduce him as who he is that was, that, a, makes... that was very good that was dan that was very yeah, good we'll, to... we'll use that yeah wow thank you very much <laughs> i feel good <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I haven't got much else down notes wise for the the episode Oh, one of those little things I'd never noticed before when he puts his coin on his head. Oh, yeah. The back oh, of his head. And then I don't know how many times I've watched get it. Yeah, I don't know how many times I've watched the episode, but I only just noticed this time that through the scene, he's still banging the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Even through the whole funeral speech, which quite amused me this time. So it's nice to be able to see something new. You can tell, actually, like the times it was filmed as well because they're all smoking. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Which is quite interesting. It's obviously based so much in the future, but they're basically. In a working men's club. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, that's something to remind myself. I was going to say to Matt a second ago when he was talking about when it was filmed. Mm. Uh, 
obviously we get a lot of topical jokes as we go through and now 30 odd years later those topical jokes I'm going to seem a little bit dated but I mean you've been talking about getting photos processed at the lab yeah and, you know um, obviously that was a common day thing we did it was and this is going to go through isn't it all the time these common uh, these everyday things because that's what Red Dwarf does it's it's set now in the future isn't yeah it? there was a, I, I, I was also struck by getting the you know they've tried to imagine the future um They've tried to imagine interstellar travel and you're still getting photos processed in the lab. Um, you know, they've, they've got, they've got uh, food dispensers that can do anything um, and yet you still need maintenance on the nozzle on the thing. So they've not, thought, they've not <laughs> got as far as Star Trek replicators and, of course, Star Trek hadn't got as far as Star Trek replicators in the, in the, in the mid-'80s. But, they, yeah, the, the whole thing works on a very low-tech... But I love that. Yeah, it's the beauty of a comedy, is it, though, isn't it? They can just... Yeah. Is it, mentioned, is it mentioned what's actually happened to Earth? I, I don't know if it's mentioned. Rimmer not, speculates but... that everybody's evolved and Lister will appear as this scum that crawled out of the... Uh, of, the slime's coming home. Yeah. We get more story the next episode. Okay. I mean, it really hasn't filled in everything, but but yes, they've been... In, in fact, I mean, there are story points that come up in this series about the fact that they've been travelling away from Earth for three, for three, three million years and it actually becomes important so we'll, uh, we'll hold back on that one wow definitely um, but uh, there's definitely stuff coming up yeah right well I haven't got any more notes unless um, well I asked Becky my wife what she thought about it before we watched it she said it's a bit sci-fi a little bit nerdy it's all set in the same place a bit like Star Trek so she was lumping in the sci-fi her impression was the sci-fi stuff um, she knows there's a cat who can dance. There's a character called Rimmel, which is good. Rimmel? Rimmel, yeah. Rimmel. Yeah. So she's got a sideline of makeup as well as being a hologram. Mm. Jeez. She knew there was a talking head. <laughs> the general theme is one guy left who is a knobhead. <laughs> as, as they call him. I think she might be thinking Smeghead. But, uh, well, saying, but Becky, I should have got Abby Rimmel. involved to ask her what she thought. Yeah, well, 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 we'll bring her in. We can get some comments for next episode. Yeah, there's another guy who has a chip in his head or is a robot. <laughs> Basically, it's just all in the spaceship. I pointed out, you're going to mention the fact that it's a comedy? And she went, oh yeah. What I've seen of it is it's all a bit samey humour. How many jokes can you get from a guy farting and stuffing food in his face? <laughs> Which is well, cool. 12 seasons and counting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the jokes are running out of season 12. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but after the episodes, she said, well, I wanted to like it more, and it took too long to get to the point. She thought it was underplayed, but not enough subtlety. And do they go together? <laughs> Rimmer, she didn't like. She didn't think Rimmer was very good. She could tell it was low budget and it wasn't a very good set, although she did smile a couple of times. She, As I said, she liked the grit on the path and the green horses. Um, but she was fair and said it's the first episode and she'll hopefully get better. And I said to her, well, but, you know, did you find it too sci-fi? And she said, no, that was fine. She wasn't anti that. But it didn't reach the high standards she would like. So hopefully we'll get updates on this. Well, as, we Yaz, as Yaz said, around about the time when that episode would have been made, the only way is up. Exactly. So let's hope that, you know, she'll in, she, yeah, she will enjoy the second episode. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, anything, any last thoughts you want to say, Matt? No, I mean, I will say I think that that, that was a little harsh. Um, there were there were bits about it that were were I thought were really excellent. Certainly, like the opening sequence. Um, there were bits that were not clunky. I don't. I 
don't think the performances were that great from anybody. Um, um, to be perfectly honest, I think from what I remember, there was a massive amount of improvement, but it was the first episode, and I'm sure they were probably all really nervous. You know, yeah, there was so. probably a lot riding on it as well. Mm. Matty, they're all dead, Dave. Gordon Bennett. <laughs> That's your last thought. That's my last thought. That's that your final thought. That's my final thought. I liked it. I really liked it. I I liked the idea of it. I like the for me, for me, I, I love the idea of something that's so big as it is. It's so well known, so popular, and someone who's never seen it getting into it is quite exciting. Yeah, because I know cool. it's not like I can watch series and go, "Oh, I hope this works." I kind of like it. I know how much further it's going to yeah. get and how yeah. big it gets. So for well, me, this all quite... started in it because a few weeks ago or a couple of months ago. We started talking about Red Dwarf, didn't we? And you mm-hmm. popped up and said, "Well, yeah, I've never watched it." What well, Red Dwarf? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Dan, <laughs> final thoughts for today. Uh, look, I have loved it for a very long time, but I am enjoying watching it again from the start. I have only watched the first episode, so I will watch them week to week yeah, me too. for this. I'll yeah, try yes. not to jump ahead. It, it was for me like revisiting an old friend, and I've I've, I've rewatched old shows and some of them uh, you realise why you haven't seen that friend for a very long time, you've got nothing in common anymore, it doesn't stand up, that person's actually quite irritating and it's nice to have you back on the show actually yeah, yeah, cheers mate, it's uh, it's been a while Um, no, it stands up it's a strong strong start I really did enjoy it and look very much forward to the second episode yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying I mean, uh, from both points of view it's it's, uh, like I said, I've seen it quite a few times it's great going back, knowing mm-hmm. knowing what's coming up. You know, it's a shame not to have that new experience, but it's great getting a yeah. right. Well, hopefully, guys, uh, next time we can all get together. Now Dan's on the screen, so you know, and he's a busy man, he's Dan. But hopefully, we'll get you back again. I'll make I'll make time. I'll make time for this. Excellent, excellent. It's important. Right, then, guys. Well, uh, we'll all... any any way you want to say goodbye, Matty. <laughs> no, let's not get into this one. You say goodbye however you want. Well, okay. Um, Smeg head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that and say goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, what?